0: I don't think a lot of people go into it when they suck and they're like, yeah, I love this (laughs) because you can barely breathe. You're barely trying to get through like five minutes of running continuously. Like there's no way you could think about doing two, two and a half to three hours of running. Most people, when they're older, they regret the things that they didn't do, not the things that they did. Hey, I'm Christina, I'm a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and the creator of the Anti-Diet Lifestyle Program. This podcast is all about helping you move away from self-sabotage, food restriction, and emotional eating, and challenge you to expand your mindset on what it means to live a healthy and happy life through the acts of self-love, healthy habits, and evidence-based fitness and nutrition advice. Now in addition to the motivation and education you're going to receive from this podcast, I'll be honest, you may be triggered from time to time, but these triggers are intended to help you self-reflect on who you really are, what you desire most, and what is holding you back from becoming everything that you want in life. Welcome to the Anti-Diet Lifestyle, where changing your body starts with changing your mind. So let's start today. Over the weekend, I posted a story on my Instagram asking people like if you've ever had a marathon on your bucket list. And full or half, it doesn't really matter what distance it is. A marathon is still a marathon. It's still freaking hard, especially if you're a beginner. The full may be completely intimidating for you. And for me, I only really have interest in doing a half marathon. I don't necessarily want to go to the 26 mile, but you know, I think that everybody has different goals and different dreams and even just accomplishing the half is like, like, seems impossible for some people. And I've got a couple things to consider that I wish someone would have told me and these are all things that I had to learn as I went. And I did a lot of googling, a lot of, you know, discussion boards to try to get some answers sometimes. But obviously, it's like, once there's a problem, that's when you start seeking out Advice and questions, and trying to get more information on it. Um, But if you were equipped with that knowledge before, it wouldn't have been a problem to begin with. So, this is my second half marathon. I did one back in 2016 in Arizona. I don't know, after doing the Austin marathon and trying to compare the experience, it's completely different. The one in Arizona was over the holidays, it was like a Christmas one. So it was called like the reindeer run. It was more fun. It was more like cutesy, like they had a lot of reindeer decorations and stuff. So it wasn't to the caliber that the Austin Marathon was in. The Austin Marathon is a legit race, right? I mean, I was competing against like 7,000 people versus the one in Arizona. I think there was like a max of 300. So I mean, very, very different type of crowd, different experience, different energy. And there's things that I even learned during this race that I didn't know before. So today I want to go through some of the common questions that you may not even think to ask, but are pretty important just for you to kind of get aware of if you are interested in ever doing a half or full marathon. Now, number one is can a beginner train for a marathon? And I'm talking beginner, like, you know, couch, to half marathon type of thing. I get that 13 miles seems extremely intimidating. And you may not even like running. You may think, oh, it's a pretty cool idea. Like, I wish I could do that, but I hate running. Well, running is something that you start to like the more you do it. And the better you get at it, the more you like it. I don't think a lot of people go into it when they suck and they're like, yeah, I love this <laughs> because you can barely breathe. You're barely trying to get through like five minutes of running continuously. Like there's no way you could think about doing two, two and a half to three hours of running. If you've ever dreamed of it and you, you know, have always wanted to kind of try it out, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, I've always heard that most people when they're older. They regret the things that they didn't do, not the things that they did. And so, if you've ever thought to yourself, "It would be cool to do a marathon," or "It would be cool to even attempt it," I highly encourage you that to you know now is better than never. Right? The reason why I also know it's very possible is because. I got my client to do it with me. Now, my client's not necessarily a beginner. I mean, she's been lifting. We've been in the gym doing strength training and endurance type of things um, for like over like maybe a year now. But she committed and she killed it. I asked a lot of other clients to do this with me and they all kind of flaked you know, after a couple weeks of consideration, but she stuck with it. She was with it till the end. And I put together her training plan. We trained for about, well, I included the holidays in there too. So I guess in total, it was about 16 weeks. Um, But she wasn't running more than like two miles at that time. So I don't think that even two miles, if you can't do that, that's totally fine. You just need to give yourself even more time. So if you're a complete beginner, I would just start with some basics, like try to get through five minutes without stopping and then slowly do like run, walk, run, walk, run, walk until you can steadily do a mile. Speed is not important. Time is not important. All we care about is distance. So. I totally think it's possible. Give yourself as a beginner, you know, about minimum four months, possibly five or six, especially if you literally cannot do one mile without stopping. Um, That was my goal with Mandy and I had her in the first, you know, even prior to our 16 week plan, I was like, all right, I want you to start running a couple times a week and trying to just get to the point where you can do one mile without stopping and once you got one mile we started to actually implement a plan in place so a hundred percent as a beginner it's very possible it may seem extremely intimidating but you've got this and all you need is the right people around you that are going to inspire you i'm actually reading atomic habits right now for our book club i have a little like a monthly self-love book club that i host and In the book, the one part that I just read reminded me of this because it's like the more you surround yourself with people that don't do the things you want to do, the more you'll talk yourself out of it because our inclination is our desire is to just blend in we want to fit in with our group and our peers and they actually use an example of um, I guess there's studies that have been done where they show that if you enter a relationship and that person doesn't like to run for example you may be less inclined to run because you want to fit in with them. You want to be liked by them. Um, And subconsciously, like we don't even think about it, but we start molding our behaviors with the other person. The more that you surround yourself with people, especially as a beginner, that are going to encourage you, that are interested in the same things, joining a running club, joining a book club, right? So if you're deciding that you want to do a marathon, you got to get around the right people. So that's going to be my spiel on being a beginner. I think anything is possible and just because you can't run five minutes right now doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to with a little bit of time. You just got to give it time. Number two, what are the things that you should buy? Because buying the actual marathon ticket or registration is not where it stops, right? You got to put some investment into like good running shoes and some gear that you are going to need. Back in 2016, I did not have the right shoes and I'm so embarrassed. I think I went to like, honestly, I don't know where I got those shoes. I don't even know what brand they are, but they were some type of running shoe, but they were not like cushioned and like high quality. So this time around, I specifically made a point before I started training that I was gonna go to a running store that's local here in Austin. And I tried on a bunch of different shoes. For me, I really love the thick cushion. You know, I got a Hoka brand, H-O-K-A. Highly recommend them. I really like the shoes. I would definitely recommend investing in a good pair of running shoes, like good quality. And then some other little things that happened along the way are um, black toes. Apparently, this is a really common thing. It is for me, but Mandy never got it, and a lot of other people that are runners that I know haven't had this experience, so let me know in the comments if you have ever had this, but um, black toes are essentially, your toes are being pushed up against your shoes from the, the impact, and it's causing bruising. It can be pretty painful, right? So I started investing in a in good quality um like silicone toe caps. They're like little toe caps that you put on to protect your toes. Another way to protect your toes is to buy running shoes that are at least a half a size to a size bigger. So for me, I wear eights just normal life, everyday life. Um, and I got an eight and a half. I went and I got silicone toe protectors that I have a link that I'll tag here below so that you can go see the, sh- the the actual things that I bought. They're like 10 bucks and you get like a whole pack of them. I would highly encourage you to get that. And I don't think that that's something that a lot of people talk about when they're talking about training for a marathon. The other thing that I recommend that I did not do back in my first race was gel packs and it was actually really cool that they provided them here in this race but they only provided them at uh mile nine and another one back like in the full marathon like later on so for me i only had one opportunity to get gel packs so i invested in some for myself and i got a brand i i'm gonna link them below as well called gu really great tasting. I actually thought they were, I I had no idea what to expect when I first got them, but I used them during training on my long runs. Now the idea behind these little gel packs is that they're pretty much pure sugar, pure carbs that your body is gonna need as you are training and running longer distances, your body needs carbs. That's like it's number one fuel, fuel source. So if you don't have enough carbs, You're gonna be hitting a wall, you're gonna be fatigued, you're gonna wanna give up. The really cool thing about these gel packs is that they don't require a lot of digestion or anything. Like, you don't have to stop your run, you can still jog and like rip off the top. And like, it takes like maybe two or three little sips of it. And it tastes like candy, or like, it actually tastes like maple syrup, basically. But like, flavored, different flavored maple syrups. Like they have vanilla, orange, caramel, like all kinds of stuff. My idea was that if I can try every four miles to hit one, that would hit me at around that 45 minute mark-ish. I would take one at four, I took one at like eight, I took one again at like 12. And so that lasted me through the end of the race. And I could always notice when I took one, Within like 10 minutes of taking it, my speed picked up. My energy was back. And I definitely saw a very big difference from not taking it to actually taking it. So I highly encourage you to do that. That's something I wish I knew last time, but you know, you live and you learn. And so I highly recommend investing in some of those. They're kind of pricey, but worth it. The other thing is start investing in a good foam roller and some massages. Foam rolling is very, very important, especially if you are someone who has overactive calf muscles or quads. Um, For me, it's my quads, but Mandy is very much, um, her her calves tend to take over in a lot of high intensity exercise. If you're someone who tends to squat or do lunges and you lift up your, your heels and you put all of your weight on your toes, you should probably invest in a foam roller. And not just that, but like in general, anytime you do a long run, you're gonna have some soreness and the quicker that you can stretch that out um, and get the blood flowing a little bit, it's gonna be more effective. Your recovery is gonna be way faster and it's just gonna help you in the long run. And plus it feels good. It feels good when you do some foam rolling if you're super sore. And the last thing, to buy is um a belt like a running belt I had a fanny pack it's just one that I've always had I didn't want to invest in like you know real like running one but you can always get that because my fanny pack was like flush against my skin so it wasn't one of those that like has like a lot of bounce to it so that really helped me because um You put your phone, you put your headphones in there. You put, for me, I had a couple Kleenex because my nose was always running when it's cold. Um, I had my gel packs in there. And that's really important. Like you should not be running even during training with your phone in your hands. You should have your hands relaxed at at every mile. The problem with holding your phone is that you tense up because you're holding it. You don't want the phone to fall. So put your phone down, put it in a pocket somewhere, make sure that it's not gonna distract you and shake out your hands, especially if you're doing a a longer run. If like, for me, once I hit like four or five miles, I just felt like I had to shake out my body a little bit because it just starts to feel a little heavier, especially because you're holding your hands in this high position, you know, arms are bent, moving side to side. So you wanna make sure that you are relaxing those wrists as much as possible. Now, motivation. Um, Should you join a running group? Do you have to? Running groups in Austin do cost money. So that's another investment if that's something you want. Keep in mind that if you do a running group, you're going to probably have to wake up really early. Running groups tend to do like the 5 a.m. runs during the week. And so for me, I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. I can't. So keep that in mind if that's something that you're going to be doing. Now, if you do have a nine-to-five job, that may be the most convenient option for you, but it's all about what you need. And if having a training group means that you're going to meet cool people that are going to hold you accountable and keep it exciting and fun, I'm all for it. Do it. Now, ooh, this one's a big one. What should I be eating? This one, I think when people start running, they don't realize that they need to eat differently. And I'm not talking about eating healthy. I'm not talking about eating your veggies or anything like that because, um, and this I guess goes in line with something I'm gonna bring up later, but what is the purpose of you running? Why are you doing a marathon? If you are doing a marathon and you are mentally, if you mentally have like this negative relationship with food and you think that all carbs are bad and you have to be eating certain foods and being healthy, that may be hindering you from the best performance that you can and you're gonna learn the hard way. For example, during my first time, my body is just more sensitive and for the first run that I did, um, I was eating things like avocados and eggs for breakfast and I felt that instantly when I started running. My stomach was not happy. Your GI tract is gonna be really sensitive to anything that has a lot of fiber and a lot of fat. Now, when you are running long distance or doing anything at super high intensity for a while, your body is gonna have an increase of blood flow, but that blood flow needs to go to your muscles so that it can continue operating. So if you think about it that way and you're running, but you're eating food that is heavy to digest, like anything that is high fiber is going to require your body to digest slowly we need fast ingesting carbs we need something that's going to hit our bloodstream and help us fuel the run so if you are used to cutting out carbs or being really sensitive to the bread and the pastas i would say you got to change your mindset around that first and when you start running you'll start to be able to like listen to your body a little bit more depending on the time of day that you run you don't want to wake up in the morning and have eggs and cheese and avocados even though you think wow avocados are really healthy i can have avocado toast it may cause more problems for you and you do not want to be running and then want to run to the bathroom um, and that's a really big issue that a lot of runners have very early on and It's something you you just start to know about yourself. For me, my big thing was always bagels, um, bananas, any kind of toast. The night before I would have pasta if I knew I was gonna run like more than an hour. And, You just just embrace it, just enjoy the carbs and love it. But don't go out and this does not give you grace to go out and get Olive Garden and eat a ton of pasta and like chicken Alfredo or something like that. Because the problem with that kind of stuff is the chicken Alfredo is heavy on the fat. So you wanna stick to more tomato based stuff that's gonna be lower fat, higher carb, higher protein. And that way that's gonna help you get through those runs during training as well as the race. You cannot be in a calorie deficit while you are training for a marathon. Um, So if you're someone who is doing a marathon with the intention to lose weight, like that's a goal of yours, I would really urge you to reconsider and have a different reason why you're doing this race. Because for me, it wasn't about the, the weight. It was really just about proving to myself that I could do it and that sense of pride when you're done with completing it, that you hit this goal and you're super excited and like proud of yourself for it. And that's, that had nothing to do with my weight. If anything, you may possibly gain a little bit of weight. Not a lot, maybe like a couple pounds, but because you're eating more, you're going to be more hungry too. Like just in general, running a lot, you're going to feel the effects and you're going to be just hungry constantly. You're going to wake up ravenous sometimes. So you may eat a little bit more, but that's okay. Because again, the goal of a race is not to try to be as skinny as we can. It's not about losing 20 pounds. It is about performing our best and feeling great throughout the whole thing. If you are someone who is a beginner and you're like, I hate running, it's always gonna, it always hurts my side. um, Make sure that you're appropriately breathing. Make sure that we are eating our carbs and taking in our simple, specifically simple carbs, no fiber. um, And in like focus on listening to your body. Now, a couple of things to consider, real quick. Like I said before, number one is most important. Are you doing this for the right reason? You should not be making a marathon a goal or a priority if your number one dream is to lose weight. Although it can help if you are someone who is definitely more overweight, but it should not be the goal because I do not want you in a calorie deficit while you are training for a marathon. You should be eating at least maintenance, probably a little bit more and focusing on a lot of carbs Making even like for the week before a race, you're going to be eating more than 50% of your uh, calories are going to be coming from carbs. So you definitely want to make sure that you have that mindset, uh, like in your, in your brain, because if you are going through this race and you're like, or if you're going through your training and you are constantly thinking about how I can stop eating as much and you're weighing yourself and you're trying to see all these, all these things, that's going to kind of hinder you a little bit. So are you doing this for the right reason? Find a reason that is not related to the scale. Find a reason that is mental, that is inspiring, that is um, you know, something bigger than yourself because that at the end of the day is gonna drive you a lot further. Number two, learning to listen to your body is important. When your body needs a rest day, take the rest day. A lot of people when they are training, they feel like they have to follow to a T the entire schedule that they have for themselves and if they miss a couple of days, it's almost like this panic sets in. And this panic is like, "Oh my god, if I don't if I don't do this, I'm not going to be ready." And so you kind of psych yourself out. So I really encourage you to follow your heart, listen to your body. If you are feeling extremely fatigued and you try to do a long run, Um, longer runs tend to weaken our immune systems. And so if you're doing a long run and you're already not getting the right sleep, or you're still sore from the day before, or you are, um, I don't know, you just have like too much stress going on in your life that can just cause you to injure yourself or, you know, get sick. And then at that point, you're still gonna have to take off days of training. So you, I'd rather you take off a couple of days, get your mind right, get your body back in order, and then go out for that next run, rather than trying to push through and of, you know risk injury or risk a sickness. Now, I mean, I had COVID in the middle of mine. I didn't run for like a week and a half, two weeks. I didn't do any running, and I did not let that get me down. I was like, it's okay. Whatever happens, happens, because I'm still doing this for something else. I'm not doing this to beat anybody's time. I'm not trying to come out in first place. I'm just trying to finish. And the important thing is when you are doing a run or like a marathon, you are not racing against anybody else but yourself and the distance. The distance is what you're racing against. Everybody there has the same opponent and that is the distance that you're running. So don't worry about anybody else. Worry about yourself and focus on what you need to do in that day to get through it, to make sure that you are at your optimal performance moving forward. And another thing is pacing yourself when you're actually in the run, when you are physically running. And I've noticed like, And this happened a lot with my client who did this with me, but if you're not pacing yourself appropriately and you're so used to doing a couple miles, you may be running a lot faster, right? At the beginning and then you slow down or start walking. Remember, the goal is not speed. The goal is just to get through the distance. So I encourage you to force yourself to slow down if you're someone who naturally speeds up a lot. And by pacing yourself, you're going to start to know and be able to learn how to maintain consistency. I, we had a really big problem in the first you know, few weeks, I guess, where I was trying to have her do 30 minutes, 30 minutes of consistent running, um, but she would get through like her first mile and then she would want to rest or t- you know, stop for a second and walk. And it took a while for her to build that, you know, consistency up and I had to tell her to pull back on her speed a little bit. It's okay, it's not gonna hurt you to pull back on your speed so that you're able to go without stopping throughout the whole thing. And it really, really does work, it really helps. But for the Austin Marathon, there were a lot of hills and it was really, really mean like that they did that. (laughs) Like whoever came up with that course, it was just cruel because the one in Arizona was completely flat, desert life, you know. The one here, especially mile 12, there was like this gigantic one that was up a mountain, basically, and we were all like struggling to just walk up the whole thing. So if you know that your course is like that, you're gonna need to prep during training. Like for me, it was like I was hitting a ten, like under a 10-minute mile on my downhills, and that is definitely helped make up for the fact that I had to slow down on the uphill. So you've got to be aware of that kind of stuff and pace yourself. That's going to conclude today's episode. I just wanted to make sure that I gave you guys a little bit of a backstory so that you can take this and really embrace a marathon. The marathon should be fun. It shouldn't be completely nerve wracking and like, make you fear anything. Running is good for you. Running is mentally, it's a great stress relief. Um, It's also great for anxiety, depression, like literally any mental health issue, I'm pretty sure the endorphins from exercise help that. And if you can at the same time get that pride and that like, you know, I don't know, motivation to complete a project like that, um, I think it, it doesn't hurt to do it and I'm all for doing projects or doing fun things to help encourage you to move and get moving outside because sometimes doing a training program in a gym is just not for everyone and uh, sometimes you just need a break and change it up a little bit and what better way to switch it up than to do something like a marathon So I saw a quote, actually, that was really kind of cool because they said, if you ever stop having faith in humanity, go to a marathon and watch the people. Everyone there is cheering you on. Nobody even knows each other, but they are screaming for you. They have like pom-poms, they've got tambourines, they are screaming and clapping And high fiving, and they take the time out of their day to deal with the traffic, the parking, and creating posters, getting dressed up in costumes. There was someone there in like a cockroach costume and like a tiger costume, you know, all these things, and they're all there to support you, and they don't even know you. Oh, that just gives me chills. And that was the best experience I've ever seen. so I'm really happy. I don't know if I'll ever do another one again. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I kind of decided this one on a whim too. And so we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. But I highly encourage you to try one if you've never done it. And if you have any other specific questions that I didn't cover, um, I think some questions you can easily Google. But I wanted to give you some backstory and some questions that I didn't necessarily find very easily. So... Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, you guys. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.